Good morning, Solid Rock family. Thank you for joining online this morning. I want to welcome you to Church Online. And I've got some good news. Next Sunday, June the 6th, we will be meeting in person uh, here at the church. Uh, there will be registration, so uh, you'll need to go to the church website and sign on and register, and we will have that up for you Tuesday morning to register. But we look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday, 10 a.m. Well, this morning, I want to continue on the topic and the subject of the power of God, and I've, I've titled my sermon, Power Up. And as I wrote that down, I just thought that sounded like a, an Avenger type of, of term, power up. And I could imagine Tony Stark telling all his people around him, power up. But as I use that term this morning, what I want to do this morning is I want to activate inside of you a passion and a desire to see the power of God active, alive in you and through you for others and for yourself. So today, I want you to power up. And at the end of the sermon, I'm asking God that you would be strengthened, encouraged, and activated and challenged to move in the power of God in a greater way. If you could turn in your Bibles, and I want to spend a little bit of time this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to take a few uh, passages out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, the context of 1 Corinthians 12 is a description of the spiritual gifts. And some people refer to these as the power gifts or manifestation. These are gifts that operate in the body. And, in, and I'm just going to read a few verses. I'm going to jump around in this. The first couple verses I want to read start in verse 4. And I want us to understand something about the power of God. The power of God is unique to each one of us in the fact that each one of us is unique. And so the way God touches me might be a little bit different than the way God touches you or uses me or uses you. So I want us to understand and see that we all are members. When we use the power of God effectively and the gift of God that God has given you, the gifts are where, where one affects many and where many become one. So the gifts are where one affects many and where many become one. That's the purpose of the gifts. And so we see in verse 4, it says, there's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, there's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And then in verse 6, and there's diversities of activities, but it's the same God. So we see differences of gifts, ministries, and of activity but it's all the same from God, the Holy Spirit, and Christ. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 7. The manifestation, the display, the expression, the visual representation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit 
of all. So the gifts are from one that will affect many so that the many become one. Power up this morning. It also says in verse 11, but the one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. But the one and same spirit works all these things. Talking about the administration or the function or the activity of the gifts of God, the gifts of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life. It's the Holy Spirit that works all these things and he distributes to each one individually as he wills. So God has given each one of us gifts and abilities. And they're not just for me to flaunt, but they are for me to, to display his power. If you continue in chapter 12, and he's talking about the unity and the diversity. The uniqueness and the singleness. The oneness. And in verse 12, or verse 18, sorry, chapter 12, verse 18, he says, Now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. I want you to see two things here. The previous verse that I read was in verse 11, but he distributed to each one individually as he wills. And then in verse 18, it says that God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. It is God's will, it's God's pleasure, it's God's initiative, and it's God's uniqueness that he has put in you. It's, it's, it's made him happy. He's been pleased with it. He's desired it and he's willed it. It's not something you and I conjure up. It's something that God has already placed inside of us. And as we become followers of Christ... We actually have that deposited in us already. The power of God, the unique gifts, and the display of his power is already inside of you and I. I want to I challenge you this morning to, to appreciate the gifts and to realize and to go after the gift that God has placed inside of you. So... After reading these verses, I would suggest to you one of the biggest challenges is learning how to walk in that gift or in that power. Learning how to walk in that gift and in that power. If you read chapter 12 and you go to chapter 13, it's the love chapter, and what you find is there's an explanation of the gifts of God. There's an explanation of the power of God. But then there's also an explanation of walking together or how you get along with each other. In Romans 12, another chapter about the gifts of God that he has for us. It talks about uh, verse 12, uh, chapter 12 in Romans. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he, he talks about the gifts that he's placed in the body. But if you read that whole chapter, you'll find out embedded in that chapter is not just the gifts or the explanation of the gifts, but then there's also a behavior that you and I have to each other. The power of God is designed to affect you and to affect others. 
The power of God inside of you definitely is to make you better, but it's also God has placed it and worked it and deposited inside of you so that you would also see others get better. Paul talked to Timothy and he said, stir up the gift that's in you. And Paul was using his gift that caused Paul to be better to also see that Timothy would get better. So the power that God has placed inside of you, the gifts that are a display of his power, is to make you better, but it's also to make others around you better. If others around you aren't getting better, then go back to what is the purpose of that gift. And the purpose of that gift is not just for me to get better. It's so that I can function in the body and that one can affect many and that many can become one. And in Romans 12, he talks about the gifts and then he also has a whole chapter in there about how to get along with each other. In Ephesians 4, we talk about the five ascension gift ministry or the... the Administer the ministry gifts, pastor, prophet, apostle, preacher, teacher, evangelist. And the five gift, ascension gifts. And that purpose is that we would all come together in unity. But if you read the whole chapter, you'll find out embedded in that chapter is behavior one person to another. So the gifts that God has placed inside this body, inside you and in me, are for the benefit of all. So the, the, the context here, I think sometimes we want the power of God, but we don't want the discipline, the habits, the character of God. But if we really see the benefit of the power of God is seen through the character development the display of his character coming out through me, the power of God. The power of God is dynamic. It's supernatural. It is beyond this world and its abilities. It is miraculous, which means it goes beyond the laws of nature. The laws of nature might say this can only happen, but when God touches it and the power of God comes, it goes beyond the laws of nature. It goes beyond what would normally happen, and it will actually, the power of God will affect that. When Jesus had the power of God in his life, one of the things that we see, that one of the first miracles he did was he turned water into wine. He actually changed the physical composition of water, H2O, and caused it to be the drink that they were having at that wedding. And that was something that surpassed the laws of nature. That's, that is inherent in you and I already. Because when we became followers of Christ, when we said, I'm going to be a disciple of Christ, I'm going to learn of him, I'm going to follow him, I'm going to pursue him, what happened is when we believed in him, he put inside us. As Pastor Nelson said last week, he put the infinite inside us. This finite body has the infinite God. It doesn't compute with our logic, but that's the way God has it. The power of God is on your life to make you 
and those around you better. Better than you are without him. God says, I want you to be better with me than when you're not with me. It's a benefit. Better than you are now. Talks about going from glory to glory. And if you study the Bible, you find out it's progressive. It's moving from one thing to the next to the next. And it's a progressing. It's becoming more like him. It's becoming more like him. Following him. It's better than you can be on your own. It's better than anything that you can achieve on your own. The power of God is in your life and on your life for you to be better than anything you can be on your own. If you are doing something and it is absent from talking with God and the influence of God in your life, you will not be as good as God wants you to be. Quit pursuing something void of God. Quit pursuing a career without God in it. Doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have that career. But what I would suggest to you is God wants you to have that career, but he wants his influence in you in that career. A big difference. A subtle change. A big difference. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, but I also know that there's still his work in me. I'm not perfect. I am forgiven, but I'm not perfect. And the power of God can help you and me be better. The power of God is not to be separated from the actions or the interactions of the people or the person. The power of God is not designed to be absent or separated from interactions between you and me. In fact, I would suggest to you the best interactions we can have is when the power of God is on me or the power of God's on you and we interact and what we do is we release his power to each other. That's why there's a laying on of hands. That's why it says in the Bible, don't forsake the assembly together. That's why it talks about community in the Bible because we are better together. And the power of God in me is for your benefit. That's why he makes me so funny because sometimes we need to laugh and his power on me makes me humorous and funny and hilarious. That's the power of God for you. I was serious when I said that. So what I want to do now is I want to continue through 1 Corinthians 12. I want to get to the last verse because Paul here is writing through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost about the gifts and how God has placed them in the body, the diversity, the uniqueness, and the, the, the singleness, and yet the, the corporate member and the, the individual person and the corporate together. And, and Paul has written all of this, and then he comes to verse 31. And he says, earnestly desire the best gifts. He, he, he's writing this down and he says, guys, but I want you to earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I want to show you a more excellent way. I find that intriguing because Paul's just given him this great explanation of the power of God in your life and in my life and the gifts that God has placed in us for us and for others 
And then he says, I want you guys, you should desire to prophesy. You should desire to lay hands and to see healing. You should desire tongues. You should desire all these things. But I want to show you a more excellent way. There is a key to unlocking the power of God in your life and in my life. And Paul is saying, I want to show you how. So, I'm going to put that aside for right now. We're not going to jump into that quite yet. What I want to do is I want to just look at this verse. Earnestly desire the best gifts, but I want to show you a more excellent way. I want to read it from a couple different versions because I, I had some fun when I was studying this this week, this passage. Uh, a couple different versions. I, I just want to read them. I hope it puts a smile on your face. Um, but you should constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. Constantly boil over with passion. Man, I can just imagine that. Somebody always being passionate about seeking the higher gifts. He goes, and then he says, I, mean, I want to show you a superior way to live beyond comparison. He says, I want to show you a better way of doing it. So that's not just about all the passion. There's a better way of doing it. Another version, and I like this one, but follow ye better ghostly gifts. I just thought that was kind of funny. Ghostly gifts, like Casper the friendly ghost. No, the Holy Ghost. He says, follow you better ghostly gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Pursue the more excellent way, which is love. Pursue love with the same determination that you pursue a display of God's power. I have found in my 55 years of living that sometimes people will pursue the display of God's power, but they don't pursue the impact of his love. And I have seen in my 55 years of living people that pursue the impact of God's love and I have seen how that affects their pursuit of seeing the power of the Holy Spirit. And in this passage, Paul isn't saying you can't have both. We have grown up sometimes to say you can have one or the other, but Paul's saying here, I want you guys to go after the gifts. I want you. We should be desiring God to see a move of God and the power of God in our community, in our families, in our person. We should be pursuing and going after and seeking after a display of his power, but we should also be pursuing and seeking and learning how to walk and function in love. Both together. In fact, I'll show you in a few minutes, but when you pursue after love, quite often what that does is it unlocks the supernatural. And I'll show you that in the life of Jesus in a few minutes. But God wants you to enthusiastically pursue him, his power and his love. Enthusiastically pursue him. His, the power of God is not a bad thing. If you read this passage, he says, I want you to earnestly desire the best gifts. 
And that word best gifts is better, greater in size. It affects quantity and it affects quality. And Paul is saying, I want you to pursue those things. Pursue those. God wants you to pursue passionately and enthusiastically his power and a display of his power. If we ever need a display of God's power, it's today. Fear is rampant. And what casts out fear? Perfect love. We need a display of God's power. And you and I have that inside of us already that will display his power to those around us. The power of God, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The power of God is a gift. He says, I want you to desire the best gifts. God wants you to desire the best gift. The purpose of the gift that you have is not just for you, it's for others. I already said that earlier. But the purpose of the gift is not just for you to hoard it, but it's for others. People around us, our neighbors, our neighbors need a touch from God, a power, power touch. We need to power up. We need to get ready because you and I are living in a time and an age where the power of God being on display is displayed through the power and the ministry of his love and it will affect those around us. It is attractive. It is so practical. People that live in fear, and you can cast that fear out by just showing them God's love. The love of God. And he says, I want to show you, you desire these gifts earnestly, passionately, enthusiastically, go after these things. He says, but, and I just, I find this so intriguing, go after that, pursue it, but I want to show you a better way. I want to show you an extremely superlative, beyond comparison way of doing this. I want to show you something that goes beyond the way that you would think in order to achieve this. If you want to achieve and see God's power on display, I want to show you a way to do it that goes beyond measure that is so powerful and profound, and it is such an excellent way. That's what he's saying here. That word, more excellent or better, I'll say it in the Greek for the benefit of my brother, Pastor Daniel. It's huperbuli. Huperbuli. I was going to have one of those drinks, the bubbly or buble drinks, and say it's not buble, it's bule. Huperbule. It's herperbole. It's above and beyond. The power that God has in your life and for you goes above and beyond when you pursue love. If you want to see something break through, pursue love. It's not something that only meets. I find this amazing in God's kingdom. He doesn't just meet the standard, but then he exceeds the standard. God doesn't just meet it, but his power and the display, he says, the more excellent way of seeing God's power, he says, it meets and exceeds. In other words, the delivery method, love, meets and exceeds the display of God's power because it is the love of God. And what that does is it releases the supernatural. 
the conduct, the way, the activity of love, the activity of love connects the supernatural to the natural. The activity, the behavior, the doing of love, the pursuit of love, and the doing of love connects the supernatural to the natural. What's interesting is that is a very natural thing, love, and yet it unlocks the supernatural. I, I said earlier I wanted to show you the life of Jesus. I got about seven verses here. I'm just going to very quickly read them to you. In Luke 7, verse 13, Jesus had compassion on the widow. Her son had died. And God, Jesus had compassion on the widow. And what happened, the result of that, his compassion caused his love. His love got stirred, his compassion on that widow, and he raised her son. Compassion caused an action which was supernatural. In Mark 8 and in Mark, Matthew 15, Jesus had compassion for the people. And what did that do? It caused him a miracle, supernatural miracle, and they fed 4,000. He, he fed 5,000 and he also fed 4,000. He didn't just have that miracle once. That was an amazing miracle. He did it at least twice from the scriptures twice he fed 4,000 he had compassion for the people and what did that do it unlocked the supernatural when you pursue the love of God and you pursue his love in you you will find that that will cause something to be unlocked in the supernatural realm the out of this world realm and miracles signs and wonders will happen why because of the love of God that is on display and active in you and I. It says in, in Matthew 14, he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick, supernatural. He was moved with compassion, natural. In Matthew 8 and in Mark 1, he was moved with compassion and then he healed the leopard, the leper. Not the leopard, the leper. In Matthew 20, he had compassion, and he healed the two blind men. In Mark 6, he felt compassion for them, and listen to this. The supernatural was he taught them. Sometimes the supernatural, the compassion that you have, causes you to teach. What they needed is they needed to be taught. Matthew 9, he, it says that he was, pray, he was moved with compassion, the natural. And what did it do? It caused the supernatural. And what he did, did was he saw God's picture and he saw into heaven. And he said, Lord, I want on earth as it is in heaven. Would you release laborers? Would you release laborers into the harvest? And he was moved with compassion, the natural affecting the supernatural. What you employ... What you employ with your natural senses can be a catalyst for releasing the supernatural. What you employ, love, with your natural senses, what you see, feel, smell, touch, what you employ with your natural senses is a catalyst for releasing the supernatural. Jesus had compassion. That compassion was a natural response to what was happening. And what did it do? It released the supernatural. Do you see the connection? 
And Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, pursue the supernatural, pursue the power, pursue those things. But I want to show you a more excellent way. And that way was the avenue of love. What you employ with your natural senses can be a catalyst for releasing the supernatural. I'd also say that the same measure that you pursue is the same measure that God performs. The same measure that you pursue his gifts and his love gives God the same ability or that measure to perform. In fact, what I have found is when God performs, it goes above and beyond what you and I would do. Pursue gifts. Pursue his power. Pursue a display of his power. But I want to show you the best, most amazing way to do it, and that is through the way of love. We had that examples with Christ. The kingdom of God is not a passive kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a passive kingdom. It's a kingdom of seeking, pursuing, asking, knocking. It's a kingdom of buying the field, selling everything they had, and he bought the field. It's a kingdom of the pearl of great price. It's a kingdom of, you know what, I lost something and I'm going to do everything to find it again. The kingdom of God is an active pursuit of heaven on earth. And Paul was saying, I want to show you the greatest way, and the greatest way you do that is through love. Now, next time we meet, I want to take some time and I want to look at the activity of love because love is extremely practical. Love is extremely practical. And what I'd like you to do is read 1 Corinthians 13. It's not just a chapter for when you say, I do. It's a chapter for when you live every day. So my challenge for all of us as a body is to take some time over this next week. It might be two weeks, but over the next week for sure, read 1 Corinthians 13. Read it a number of times and just see what the activity of love in your life is and how to pursue love. Because when you pursue after love, you will pursue after those gifts and the power and the display of God in your life. Amen? I'd like to, to just have a quick prayer, and then I want to bless you. Father, I thank you for your gifts. I thank you for your power. I thank you for the display of your power in our lives, on our lives, through our lives. And I ask for God a display of your power in each one of our lives today, because, Lord, the power that you've given one is for many and that the power that you've given the one is for many, so that the many can become one. So, Lord, I ask, O oh God, that we would power up this week. In your precious name, amen. Now, this next Sunday, remember, 10 a.m., here in person, register online on the church website. Registration will be open Tuesday morning. May God bless you. May God keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Have a great week.
Thanks for joining us this morning. God bless.